I was there. I don't have to listen to it. This week's show because it was a disaster. When you live in a beach resort, it's easy to forget whether you are playing or working. On each week's show, we settle in with a cocktail and try to figure out if there is a difference. This is Day Drinking on Delmarva. I am Todd from GoodCleanFunLife.com. And I am Tony Russo, no relation, and you're listening to Day Drinking on Delmarva. A podcast about the life, about life and culture on the Delmarva Peninsula. Todd drinks because he gets to live here. I drink because I have to live here. Um, so much going on this week. There was a, as I thought of that, I thought of something else that I'd like to talk about, and we'll get to that briefly. Uh, okay. But before we do that, we're going to get to our sponsor. Each week's each week we are sponsored by the drinks we are drinking as well as by um, a small local business that we like to support. Um, this week, I am sponsored by the last little bit of water in this cup because I'm radically unprepared. <laughs> oh, there's my, there's my water bottle. Um, oh. Babysitting. Today is my last, uh, my last babysitting. I don't often babysit on Tuesdays, um, but it is, a, it is a babysitting day, and, uh, and the uh, paper that I work for is going out today, so it's been... A uh, busy one, and that's why I'm not drinking today. But I promise next week I will resume drinking. Uh, Good. Yeah. And, gotta, uh, and what are you drinking? What they want. I'm uh, I'm drinking a, a high noon um, passion fruit. Had a long weekend of uh, we were out for four four days and did a fair bit of drinking. And I figured why not just keep keep going with the theme and. Uh, <laughs> Drink it when you drink it for lengths of time. This is, uh, you know, this is a good op- option, I, I, I believe. And uh, I'm also going to have to cut the grass later. So this is like grass cutting stuff that I that that's good to have, especially now that I'm much more uh, off of the beer. Although I, I definitely slide back to beer every every so often. Summer. Yeah. Um. I was away this weekend, and I had a I had a. I had several beers. I had probably had more beers this weekend than I've had in the last month or so. Um, but uh, I've, it's not, it's not that I've lost. Yeah. I've lost my taste for it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I, I I'll have a, um, I, I probably may, I may live and die and never drink another IPA all the way down. Yeah. Um, it, I had uh, even the, um, the, all, I mean, I'm never, I've never been nuts about the all day IPA and that's what they were drinking. And, it wasn't for me. You know, I'm really, I've really just kind of reverted to like, give me a lager, just a lager, maybe a Pilsner. If I'm feeling kooky, you know, (laughs) if the winter comes around, uh, maybe I'll start drinking uh, stouts and porters again, but I'm, I'm, I like, I like the darker beers. I like the scotch ales and such, and people don't make them anymore and people don't drink them anymore. And you have to go to a brewery to get one. And I'm, you know, I can't think of a good reason to go to a brewery, so that's <laughs> been my uh, my uh, my whole my whole shtick this summer. Um, and this uh, episode, as we said, is sponsored this time by me. And I guess it would be important to say this is not sponsored by the Beer with Strangers um, podcast. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Because that would be a, that would be a good reason to go to a brewery. Yes, that would be a good reason to go to a brewery. I uh, know this is sponsored by the book Dragged Into the Light. Uh, it is my book. I wrote it. If you would like to hear a free copy, you can reach out to me at by Tony Russo either on social media or 
by bytonyrusso at gmail.com. I'd be happy to send you a review copy if you'd be happy to do a review for me. If you just want to buy it, that would be awesome. Um, and it is well-reviewed. And I, I oh, Shison, I don't have it with me. I got my medal in the mail. Oh, um, yeah. And if I were wearing pants, I'd get up and get it. But I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> So I'll have to wait till next week. Anything I can't reach isn't on the show this week. Uh, but it was cool. It's a cool silver medal that, you know, like with a blue uh, ribbon that you hang around your neck. And uh, I'm very proud of it. It, it. It's exciting. I have to do another big push for the book. I've taken it was a long summer, as we discussed last mm -hmm. week, and I didn't weather it well. But I'm, you know, I'm fighting the big fight and hopefully, hopefully we'll come back on it. But yes, Dragged Into the Light, you can find at draggedintothelight.com. And um, the, I'm sorry. So the recent review was by Stephanie Fowler, a friend of ours. She reviewed mm -hmm. it on the local uh, NPR station. And um, I guess we can also kind of get into it from there only because the yeah. uh, local NPR station, our friend Brian Russo is doing some programming there. He's not, I don't believe he's doing the news. I think Don Rush is still, you know, fighting the good fight. Yeah. Um, but Brian is doing a, a bunch of stuff over at NPR. And one of the things is, you know, I think trying to get some more local programming. And as a result, he's doing this, um, this series of people reviewing books written by Eastern shore authors, Eastern shore authors reviewing Eastern shore books. And so Stephanie was kind enough to, review mine and I'll be reviewing hers probably when I'm done with this. I have to, it was an odd experience because I, I know I wrote a review of her book and I cannot find it for the life oh, of funny. me. And so I'm going to have to sit down and rewrite it. Yeah, and not from memory. It? Cause I don't remember anything I write. That's why I write it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to uh, be frustrating. Are you sure you didn't dream uh, or hallucinate that you wrote it? And it, it very well could have been. I know that I wrote, I I found one review that got posted, but it was like a hundred words. And I'm like, no, I wrote, I think I wrote like 1500 words on this book, yeah. but it's missing. Maybe I didn't publish it, but I can't, unfortunately I can't search, you know, Tony Russo on the internet because it's not like it's a l less than common name. So I was trying yeah. to, a lot of times if I remember what I wrote about, like, some people like, look in their finder or in their files folder. Yeah. Uh, I just search Google. I, I put my name in quotation marks and then like a line I remember writing from the story. Yeah. In yeah. quotation marks and let it come up that way. And I've been doing that all morning to no avail. So oh. I, I must have forgotten <laughs> to publish it. It's the uh, it's the only thing I can think. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yes, Dragged Into Light, Tony Russo. And um, listen to the, the local NPR station for all the fun new things they're doing. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll start. Cause I honestly don't know what their programming is there anymore. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I haven't been on that station in probably three years now. Yeah. And people keep, people keep asking me, you know, if they can be on my show. Right. And I'm like, well, you're not a listener, you know, <laughs> clearly you're not a listener. Yeah. Um, F so, you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to be nice. That was that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Um, the other thing we like to do each week is talk about a cool thing that happened to us because we live here or because we work here. And in this case, I think it's a bit of both, but we're going to start with Todd and mm -hmm. his great adventures over the weekend um, here, both here and abroad. 
Yeah, be, here and abroad. Uh, we we did the opposite. We've been down here and lived down here at the beach, and we went to the city to get away for a couple of days. Uh, we went to Baltimore, and I feel like we, we talked about it a little bit last last week about, you know, Ocean City is certainly not perfect. Uh, maybe more perfect in my eyes than in, than in your than your eyes. But I feel the same way about uh, Baltimore. You know, I went to school at Towson. It's where Natalie and I met. And uh, and I have always in, enjoyed the city. And I always, like, sometimes I wonder if I'm just too much of a, uh, you know, positive person. Like, you know, am I not pessimistic enough? It, and, and that sort of thing. But we actually, uh, we were there for a reggae festival. Um. And we weren't working. It was, uh, you know, time away. And uh, we uh, sat down next to a retired CIA guy at, uh, at a local bar before we went to the festival and we just struck up a conversation. And he had, he'd lived there his adult life and, you know, like middle class white dude and still loved the, the city. So, I, like, that was a good, like, okay, maybe there's other people who uh, – who, who feel that way about, uh, about Baltimore. Uh, and, uh, so this was the first year that this festival was happening. So we did a lot, we ended up doing a lot of explaining to people, you know, our Uber drivers, the, you know, the bars we were popping in and out of on our way to, or from, uh, exactly what it was because it's a long running festival that had been happening down in Florida. And I, and, and it's not a big festival, you know, which makes it nice uh, and, and it's not, it's also not strictly, uh, reggae music, right? Like right, white boy reggae music. I mean, I think there's, uh, there, a little more pop punk and a little bit more rock and a little bit, you know, there's, there's some a little more poppy with some bands. So yeah, I, I needed, I need to ask you a technical question. Yes. Um, is ska very unpopular now? And that's why people don't say it anymore I, was or there's definitely a- i feel like i don't know how popular it is it's i love it like that that's like that and into punk is is my jam much more so than uh than the reggae side of things so when i hear you know when i hear a band that brings horns out onto the stage and uh you know is doing a more drive driven riff than the you know the up uh, upbeat that that the reggae is known for. Um, I love it. So I, I think that there is a, a bit of popularity, but I just don't think it has quite the commercial success that oh, wow. uh, th- that that just the straight straight up reggae has. You know the the Bob Marley imitators. Um, but it's but it's interesting because I also realized so the the festival is called Reggae Rise Up. It was started in Florida they kind of transported a, a version of it here. They, they didn't move it. They still have the one in Florida. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I got to think that part of the reason they, uh, they moved it up here is because there are a number of bands who are uh, from the Baltimore Annapolis area that are getting much bigger in that scene. So I feel like, um, you know, just like growing up outside of DC and hearing go-go music and not realizing that, uh, not everyone in the world had access to, to right. go-go music. I, I, I wonder if that's a little bit of the same here in Maryland. Like we've known some of these bands for, uh, you know, a decade or more. And, 
you know, like maybe that's uh, <laughs> there, there's some good uh, crop that's coming out of Maryland and maybe that's why they wanted to have the festival up here. So it was a, it was a really good time. I think it was a well put on festival. Uh, the lines for water were longer than the lines for beer. There was, you know, there were, there was plenty of uh, opportunity to get beer. Uh, but I, I kind of mentioned before the show yeah, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a big and maybe this is why the beer lines were short. There was That's exactly there, what I thought when you said it. <laughs> there was there. It was uh, I don't know how they like they it, everybody was just smoking like there wasn't uh, there wasn't any much of concern. Security was there, but no, not oppressive in any way. And there was there was plenty of uh, of reefer <laughs> in the air. I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pro weed guy who doesn't partake. Right. And, and part of the reason I, I don't partake is because I tend to uh, hallucinate, I guess is <laughs> the best, the best way of saying it. Um, and it hits you hard. Uh, and it, it hits me hard. And it, it was a very, uh, I mean, we, we caught up with some friends there and it's just a very unique uh, s- something that's happening because you know how you can feel when you're getting drunk, you know, like they're like, you can, I don't know, you can feel it in your arms and, you know, you're like, all right, I, I need to either dial it back or, or, or I'm going for it. Right. But I'm just standing there and, and all of a sudden, like the paranoia starts to like creep in. And it's just like a constant conversation is like, am I okay? No, I'm, I'm fine. And wait, no, am I, but am I okay? And then you realize, and then I realize that I'm having this conversation with myself out loud and I need to just go and move away That's from, from, from the crowd. And, you know, it's just, it, like I said, it's kind of a small festival uh, on Friday while uh, I was first experiencing this contact hallucination, uh, I'm standing off to the side, and uh, there were some there are some people from uh, the the Rehoboth area. Uh, one of the guys who runs one of the food trucks at Freeman Stage was standing over with a group of friends and saw me and pointed and started waving, and I was just like, "What the hell is happening?" and <laughs> Didn't couldn't couldn't quite capture whether it was really happening or you know it's very very surreal. Uh, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, it's not something that I want to necessarily pursue. Maybe maybe do some you know at home testing. Like you know all of the all of the avid weed smokers I know is like oh you just have to find the right strain or or, or something like that. It's- but. Uh, it I don't was, know if uh, it's finding the right. I don't. I don't. I don't really believe in strains. I know that people do, but yeah. like I think that by the time you can tell the difference from between strains, you're already well acquainted with marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't think the occasional smoker. I do. I don't think it matters. I don't think um, the indigo and the sativa thing matters very much or not. What I think is important, I think what I would recommend for for beginning pot smokers, and I still consider myself a beginning pot smoker because I I'm not I'm an occasional and like I have I'll have an edible right before bed. And I (laughs) and if I take it too far before bed, then I can't function. 
you know, yeah. and I have to go to bed. So right. I, 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 I genuinely use it as a, a sleep aid almost yeah. all the time. Um, yeah. But the other thing is have a little tiny bit and then that's it. Yeah. And then like everybody like, no, 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 that's really just like a hit. Yeah. And that is all you need. If you're not, if you're not hardcore into it for me, and this is a really, it's a weird way to, this is the thing to say. I have been drunk more often mm-hmm. and feel more comfortable being drunk. Like I know, I yes. know my limits. I know what I can and can't do. Like if I had to choose between driving high and driving drunk at the same level, yeah, I would probably choose drunk only because I know that when I'm driving drunk, I, I, you know, I, I know what my, I know what my limits are. I know where I'm, but you know, if, if you get too high, it's just your two in your head and yeah, you hear me talk. Like you can't yeah. imagine. No one wants to be locked in my head with me, <laughs> right, you know? right, right. especially me. Yeah. And so a little, a little tiny bit to make your neck, you know, is yeah. probably all most, most grownups need. I think that we, people like you and I kind of missed the, People who waited for it to be legal, let's say, you yeah. know, kind of missed the, <laughs> missed the, it's like when I was getting drunk, when I was 20, you know, I was learning, I was learning to consume various different alcohols and I can, I can tell you which alcohols are better and I can tell you which kind of drinks you're going to like or not like, you know, and I don't for a second think that, you know, alcohol is better than pot. Alcohol is for a fact worse than pot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like physiologically. Yeah. Um, but that's sociologically the <laughs> at sociologically. Um, but so for instance, you know, now that I, now that I don't need to drink myself to sleep anymore, I can have a martini at night and enjoy it. And then I still wake up like I've been like refreshed. Yeah. I don't, I haven't woken up hungover in like forever because, you know, I can genuinely just enjoy the alcohol and yep. call and call it a day. But I, I don't see myself getting to a point where, like where I smoke an entire joint all by myself. That's not going to happen to me in my lifetime. Yeah. Like yeah. unless it's over the course of a week and a half, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Right. So if, if you, if you, if you're, if your pot smoking friends come over, you should take a hit and that's all you should take for a very long time, yeah. like two hours. Right. And then because there's like a, I, I, and that's, I think one of the differences, there's like a, a mid like you smoke and you get high and then after a while you level up and then after a while you hit level up, like you yeah. kind of, but it doesn't happen at the same way that alcohol does. It's like almost like stair steps. Like if you think of alcohol as like a slope up to right. giddiness, this is like stair steps. So you're like normal and then you're not normal for 45 <laughs> seconds and then you're normal and then yeah. you're not normal for 45 seconds and then you're normal. And that, that leveling up can be terrifying. You know, yeah, yeah, especially if you're if you lean toward paranoia, as you said that you <laughs> seem to do. So. It's and I I don't know it, what the validity is, but I think it's just part of my personality that uh, I have the I have the natural traits that I feel like people are seeking when they're smoking pot to relax and you know and not you know, be, not be worried about things and, uh, and be present, like all of that. I feel like I, I do a pretty good job of that, you know, just on my own. That's a big thing. I have a friend of mine who always says, um, 
when they get a little bit high, they'll be like, I'll bet this is what you just feel like all the time. Yeah, it's like yeah. just it turns off the worry button. Like if your worry button's already off, yeah, then you can only use pot recreationally. You know, if you <laughs> if you're not suffering from debilitating anxiety, you're gonna get higher than people who have anxiety yes. and also are getting high. Yeah, you know, they they probably can stand three or four times what you can stand because right. you don't need to turn turn the anxiety off. You start right at not anxious. Yeah, and so excuse me, yeah. excuse me, and sorry, and so there's only up for you mm-hmm. as opposed to because like yeah, there are people who can like I could never write when I was high or edit while I was doing all I can do is watch TV and fall asleep. So it's not it can't really be part of my life. Like I can have a beer at lunch. I can often I'll have a martini while we're while we're doing the podcast here. I could not like get high in the middle of the day and expect anything useful to happen to me for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, And I've tried and I I tried once and I'm like, no, this isn't you. Like, I don't want I I don't like being high enough to be unemployed. Yeah. (laughs) Or to not or, or to not do my stuff like there are people who who function very well at their jobs. Yeah. And I'm well, for that. And, and I've always wondered about that because, uh, you know, one of the things that I do have a hard time with is, uh, you know, is having a lot of things going on and, you know, attention span and being able to, to focus on some, you know, and, and you hear like, oh, this this might be good for you to, to focus. I could, you know, get into an edit and stuff like that. And uh, like and I've, I've tried to I've tried it in that way. And it. And it just doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't work. It, it has to be part of like people who can focus. They, again, it's like an everyday thing. It's part of what, it's part of what they do to focus. So mm-hmm. it's easier for them. I think, I don't know for sure. Like I said, I've only tried a couple times, like when I had to work and I'm like, it's just, I'm more worried about whether, what I'm going to screw up. Cause I'm not paying close enough attention. Like right. again, I don't have any problem paying, paying attention. I have a problem not paying attention to stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't need any help to not to not pay attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really good at not paying attention. That's kind of my thing. So um, perfect. Yes, this week on day smoking on Delmarva. Day smoking on Delmarva. <laughs> um, and so yeah, and that was the Baltimore thing. But then you, um, it was uh, Starbird's. Uh, cur- and then it was party. I, I talk talk employee party. I talk about it. Uh, you know, every year the fact that you know we got a a couple hundred employees and shut down, albeit on a Monday, but shut down on a summer day. And so everybody uh, take, can come. Yeah. That is so every, thing. yeah. So everybody can come. Uh, there are some unlucky ones who have to open the next day at nine o'clock, but you know, that's kind of like the, the rookies, uh, you know, have to pay, you have to pay your yeah, dues. price to pay. Um, but uh, it was great. Uh, and you know, it was just one more, uh, one more great thing to be able to, you know, be a part of. And, uh, it was in Dewey. It was at the, the Hyatt. Uh, I did break out some of my old dance moves, uh, which I'm happy to say I still have. So, <laughs> um, so it was a, uh, it was a good time, but it was, uh, and doing things like that for the staff. And then they, and even for the young staff, we had a, uh, like a gaming, kind of like restaurant Olympics, uh, but just for the, the under 21 year old kids who couldn't come to the, you know, the, the varsity party. Right. Um, 
and they had a, and they had an absolute blast doing that. They came up with teams and costumes and and like all very super super competitive uh, and and just having fun. I mean, they pre partied a, a, a good bit, but uh, they uh, it, it was it was a good thing um, for for all of them. Yeah, it's it's a sad comment on me that I I would. I don't like to go to parties if there's no alcohol. I don't. I don't think it counts as a party if there's no alcohol. And again, right. it's not. Uh, I'm comfortable talking to people. I don't need the social lubricant. It's just that, yeah. like, like if I'm having fun, alcohol is going to be a part of that. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I feel like I'm working. Like. Yeah. And, well, and that's it's it's funny because we talk about Stephanie and I. Speaking of Stephanie, have talked about one of the one of the pluses slash minuses of being a writer is you never just have an experience. Like you're having an experience oh, right. and you're also telling yourself the story of the experience. Right. And, and so unless I can turn off that telling myself the story of the experience bit, I feel like I'm on the job and it's not as much fun for me. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, so I guess speaking of not as much fun for me, I went to a christening this, uh, this uh, weekend. <laughs> and there, um, let me guess, there was no alcohol. <laughs> no, there was no, I, actually the after party, there was alcohol, you know, it's, it's yeah. my brother's kid. <laughs> he knows how to keep attendance up. Um, my brother John's uh, second child, a daughter, uh, they got them. And you know, we were joking about it. You know, um, there's just so much pressure to get your kid christened when you're kind of in that culture. Yes. And, you know, I teased my mom. um, I said the reason I moved to Maryland was so I didn't have to christen any more kids because, <laughs> you know, two of my two of my children are baptized and, you know, two of them are not. And it really is just a case of like, I will spend whatever it takes and I will do whatever you want if you stop badgering me about this damn christening, you know, <laughs> and I don't know if that's the way, you know, you want to have people think about religion, but it's the way that they that they think about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were up there and I want to make fun of the priest. I, I was going back and forth about whether or not I would. And my decision is that I'm going to because I hate him. Um, so what happened was the priest was, you know. I was an altar boy and there are setting aside the rapists. There are so many priests that are unforgivable pricks that yeah it's just disgusting and when you're an altar boy like people come in for a funeral most people most people don't go to church and they can't accept that so if a yeah. family came in and they were having a funeral and the priest would get mad if they didn't know when to sit up and to stand down if they didn't know the words to the songs or whatever you right. know the priest would get visibly irritated and i'm like you know what don't have funerals like if you yeah. if if you're only allowing people who are who are going to sing your stupid songs, then then don't. And so this priest was like that. And he was kind of berating everyone for not knowing the rules um, for baptism. What he didn't know was that he was talking to the Russo boys who all went to all went to Catholic school and who did all know the um, the answers, but have so much more fun watching someone stand up there asking questions to deadly silence. <laughs> um, and so one of the things he was irritated about is when you're a Catholic, so he claims, 
um, you are automatically a priest, a prophet, and a shepherd. Um, and he said, you know, what's the difference between my priesthood and your priesthood? And this is my big joke. And I did not say this out loud, but it, <laughs> it took, if my mother weren't, wasn't sitting in front, if my mother wasn't in the room, I might have said it. Uh, but my mother is in the room and I behave myself in front of my mother because she's really the only person I'm actually afraid of. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say, if we rape a child, we go to jail. And if you rape a child, you get a trip to Italy. <laughs> but instead i kept my mouth shut and since i had to keep my mouth shut on that question i kept my mouth shut on all future questions his other thing is how can you tell if someone's a prophet and my answer that i didn't give was they're either handing you poison juice or telling you to kill someone You're right um and the it, it was just there was just an arrogance that i forgot like I, a lot of times I think is of people um, going into the priesthood because they're just too Catholic to live. You know, I know that really? a lot of times people go into the priesthood because, you know, they have, you know, a disposition that they think would be better serving God. I, 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 I feel like they're broken people. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, especially Catholic priests. I mean, you know, I know that your father happens to be a minister and sometimes mm -hmm. you're good at something and you get and that's the job you get. I don't begrudge anyone that I'm not going to say that I haven't toyed myself with the idea of becoming some sort of preachy guy, uh, because if you do have ways to help people get through their lives, I think you should share them. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing the, there's nothing the matter with that, unless the way you think people should get through their lives is hurting other people. And that's right. where I have a problem with the preponderance of preaching that goes on. Yeah. And that, and so that, that was, that was pretty much it. That was, that was the christening, but I did get to go to New Jersey and other than the hour that the christening took, and I've been to dozens, hundreds possibly, because I said I was an altar boy of, yeah. um, of christenings and they're never an hour. Like, yeah, it's like even after during the mass, ceremony. Yeah. But he was so mad that no one was answering his questions that he that he just stretched it out. And we just all hated on him the rest of the day. And like yeah. my, my even my mother, she's like, who would who would go to that church just to get badgered? You yeah. know, and they wonder why people don't go to church. And of course, I say people don't go to church because they're afraid their kids are going to get raped. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, I can't believe we're really willing to let that go. That's something that should never. They're like, yeah, I know. No, not. Yeah, I know. They've been <laughs> raping children for 2000 years. Yeah. And they only they only made it less part of their thing when people started to complain about it right you know like the the last time that we the last pope the pope that quit you know one of the reasons he quit is like you know it's just easier to move them around they're trying not to rape kids but they have trouble so we'll just move them from place to place so they don't rape too many kids right you know right. that's not how, really how will they find out yeah <laughs> brutal and, and so and so that kind of that kind of unchecked ecumenical power is just repugnant to me Having oh. having written, I want to ask you, having written a book about a cult, you know, right. like how many, like how is it easy is it just to see all of the similarities yeah. of, of cultish behaviors in, especially something as celebrated as the Catholic churches? Absolutely. Not, not, not only that, um, I, so 
there's just something I I might get the name wrong. I believe it's called the DSM or the DSM four or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's a great big book where they have all the diagnoses in it, mm -hmm. right? And the diagnosis for schizophrenia is holding a belief that is demonstrative. No, holding a belief that has no proof that also not everybody else believes like they had to put in except for religious people in the definition of oh, really? schizophrenia because otherwise it would cover religion it's like you just go around and you say i hear voices well you're crazy yeah. well no it's the voice i hear is god's all right well then you're sane and yeah why <laughs> and and well i guess it's i guess it's shocking that they would do that in the yeah like to diagnose people you yeah. know Instead of someone comes and says, you know, God, I feel like God is telling me something. Your doctor, it would be irresponsible of him. It is irresponsible of your doctor not to say there is no God. You're thinking that yourself. Why are you thinking that? Get help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or whatever. I'm, I, I know that I forget that people believe in God. It's just like I forget that people like Ocean City. Ocean City <laughs> is my God. <laughs> you don't believe in it. I go it's, on and on and on. And everybody's like, well, we love it there. I'm like, oh, that's right. People, people love that. And I'm <laughs> shitting on it for no good reason. <laughs> Drink what you like and be happy, folks. Don't rape yeah. kids, though. <laughs> draw the line. I draw the line at child rape. And I don't think that's a bold statement. No, I think that's a, I think I that's the word a bold statement. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we're up against it now because I've yammered. Um, and I got nothing else anyway. How about you? Uh, I got nothing. All right. Well, remember, until next time at the beach, it's happy hour whenever you say it is. Day Drinking on Delmarva with Todd DeHart and Tony Russo is produced weekly, mostly by dumb luck. You can join them Wednesday afternoons or find them online at daydrinkingondelmarva.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll check back in with you next week. <laughs>